There is no name like the name of Jesus, right? Amen. It's the name that is above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Amen. Praise his name. Open your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter 6. And our children are dismissed to Kids Dome at this time. Matthew chapter 6 and we will begin reading in verse 19 and if you're able to stand for the reading of God's word let's do that in reverence to the Lord Matthew 6 verse 19 when you got it say so And it says here, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, and where your treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is is the eye. If if, If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And the verse that we'll focus on today is, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you for your word that is truth. We thank you for your word that is powerful. We thank you for your word that changes us. It transforms us. It has the power to liberate us. And I pray this day, Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. I pray that we would be attentive to your voice this morning, God. And I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word of God, but that we would be doers of it. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak through me. I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. And I pray that you would be glorified in the lives of each and every one of those that sit before me today. I pray that they would hear you, God. I ask you this in Jesus' good name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so if you do not have an outline, please raise your hand and just hold it up real quick. Just keep it up there. Just hold it up. And that way the ushers can get you an outline. Very important that you have these outlines for me. It is important because you can follow along with me in the outline. You can also answer some questions that are in there to help you grow in your faith. And lastly, I'm I'm encouraging this weekly. I want to make sure that you realize that you have the, the, the right and the responsibility to make disciples. And one of the ways that we make disciples is by helping others grow in their faith. And the way that that happens, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when we are hearing the word of God, we should be growing. Our faith should be growing. And the same thing should happen to those that you share the word of God with. Their faith should be growing. And so I hope you don't tune me out when I share that and that you will let that sink into your soul. And you really consider who it is that you are helping to grow in their faith because that is important for you. And so we are continuing in our series. And actually today, 
today is the 16th message here in our Core 4 series. So this is the last message in the Core 4 series. And I told you when I started this portion or this leg of the Core 4 series as dealing with serving, that the last message that I was going to preach was going to be entitled Serving is Sacrifice. And instead of doing that, I want to I talk about serving is worship. And so worship is obviously a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord, but I want you to focus on the beauty of our, our ability to worship and serve God in our serving. And so in this chapter, if you look at your outline here, the chapter that we're in, in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 is a part of three chapters, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. They all kind of go together. They're one long sermon from Jesus, right? And so he gets up on this mountain after the disciples have, have come to him, and he begins to preach to them. And he begins to go down this list of different things. He starts with these beatitudes, and he's blessed are they, and he goes through all of these things, and then he continues on to speak, and you know, he, he continues to show us his heart and his mind. And so in chapter 6 specifically, he's addressing motivations. And so if you look at chapter 6, you, we're not going to go through the whole thing here, but if you look at chapter 6, he begins with our charitable deeds. He talks about that. He talks about prayer and fasting. And so before he gets to the part that we dealt with, before he, the scriptures that we are on here today, he deals with those things because people will give because they want someone to know that they're giving. People will pray because they want someone to know that they pray. People will fast because they want people to know that they're spiritual. And Jesus was rebuking all of those mindsets and saying, listen, your motivation needs to be right. So when you give charitably, it isn't so that way someone can know that you give. It doesn't mean that you can't, that nobody can know that you give. It's that you shouldn't give with the intention of letting people know, hey, I'm giving. The motivation needs to be right. And so the same thing for prayer. He's saying, listen, you know, don't stand up on the corner somewhere or stand in a circle like we pray in church or, you know, wherever it is and just pray these long prayers because you want people to know how you pray. He's like, no, don't do that. He's like, go in private, pray under the Father. And he talks about fasting. I know everyone loves fasting, amen. You're like, you, they're like, you know what? God never has to worry about me fasting for anyone to know because I hate fasting, right? God, don't worry about that one. I'm good, right? But, uh, but in, those, in these times, these people understood fasting was a spiritual thing, right? Fasting was something that was for those who wanted to humble themselves before God, those who wanted to, you know, come before God in submission. And so a person who fasted was a person who obviously sought God, a person who loved God, a person who wanted to serve the Lord. And what the Pharisees were doing is they would fast and they would walk walk around and make sure everyone knew they were fasting. And Jesus says, don't fast like that. You fast, you know, you go ahead and you take a shower when you fast. You put some oil on. You put the biggest smile on your face. When they offer you coffee, you just smile them and say, no, I'm good today. You know, when they offer you them donuts, glory to God, like, no, I'm good today. When they say, hey, man, let me take you to lunch. Say, hey, can I take a rain check tomorrow? Holla. You know what I'm saying? I mean, can, 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 can we do it that way? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what Jesus is saying, you know? And instead, you know, we, we have those moments. Every, every time we talk about fasting and I get in a group of people, you know, like, man, it never fails. The day that I decide to fast, everybody brings in stuff. Everybody wants to take me to lunch. You know, it's like, like all these people decide to be charitable in their giving on that day, right? And so, you know, ultimately what Jesus was saying is, look, you don't do it that way. You do this for me. You do this for the glory of God. And then we come to this portion of scripture. And in this, in these verses, he addresses our greed. Hello. And he will end the chapter and he will address our anxieties. Bottom line for us is that all of our efforts, hear me when I say this, all of our efforts should be looking up to Jesus for approval and looking forward to his eternal rewards. Are you hearing me? 
All of our efforts, everything that we do should be looking up to Jesus for approval. I shouldn't be doing things for the approval of men. I shouldn't be doing things because I want someone to applaud me. Let me share it. Let, let me say it, say it to you like this. Our children in their immaturity care about one thing typically, and that is pleasing their parents. Right? They want to do everything to make you happy. That's what they want to do. They want to make you smile. They want to make you, you know, this morning I was, I was dressing Josiah, and as I was dressing him, he's hilarious because, you know, we always celebrate him, right? You know, so I always tell him, you know, Bethany, say that mommy. And so I tell him, you know, go show mommy, you know, how you look. And um, this morning he's sitting on the, on the changing table as I'm changing him, and he's like, Let, let's go show mommy. Let's go show sissy because what? Because they celebrate him. And so what he wants to do is he wants to hear that celebration. And think about it, you know, as children, that's how we are, right? We, you know, we want to do good in school when we're younger because our parents, right? We want our parents to be happy. We draw something. If they draw something in children's church, they want you to be happy. They want you to rejoice over it. But can I tell you something? As you grow into maturity, one thing that needs to happen is you need to stop trying to please men and do things for the right reasons. See, our kids shouldn't grow up and, and you know, and, and only want to please us and only want to hear us smile. They should see the, 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 the need for them to, if it's school, for them to get an education. It's not just to make mommy and daddy happy. Hello. But it is for what? It's for them to advance. You know, your children should want to pray, not because they want to make, you know, mommy and daddy happy, but because they understand that that's their connection. That's their relationship with Jesus, right? That, that, that's what should be happening. I was so blessed, and I have to use this story, and, and I hope I don't embarrass the person. I won't say their name. But, you know, um, the other day I came into church after last, I think it was Wednesday night, and I was here on Thursday, and I saw a Bible of one of the, one of the young people in here. And, you know, whenever I see a Bible in the church, you know, I don't typically open it up. I, I open to the first page, and I usually look to see if there's a name in it, you know, because if there's a name, then I can let them know. This particular Bible had the person's name written on it, and I was like, and I was so impressed because I knew it was a youth, and I was like, man, let me look at this Bible. And as I looked at it, I saw all these sticky notes all over the place in this Bible, and I was like, let me check out these notes. <laughs> let me tell you something. I was almost in tears reading the notes that this, that, this, that, that this young person was writing in their Bible. I was so encouraged. You know what I realized? I realized, I, I realized that, this, that this child has a relationship with Jesus. They're not just doing this to please mommy and daddy. And that, that is the encouragement that, 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 that we should have is that, you know what, that's what our kids need to come to that place. And so as we're growing, that's, it should be the same thing for us. See, because immaturity, right? And now hear me when I say this. When we first come to faith in Jesus, right, there may be some things. I want my mentor to be pleased. I want my pastor to be pleased. I want my parents, you know, I want them to be pleased. But there needs to come a place in our lives as we grow in faith that we are really looking to Jesus for his approval. That we are really looking to God for his approval. That we are not doing things solely because we heard someone say we should do it, but that we are actually digging in to the word of God. That we are sitting down here as we are looking into the scriptures and that we are recognizing this is what God is requiring of us. Therefore, we want to do it not because we want to check off some spiritual checklist or we want to be able to tell someone that we've done this or tell people how much we prayed or tell people no, but it is for one thing and one thing about above all other things, and that is to bring glory and honor to God. That, I, that, that has to happen in us, that we grow in our maturity. And so when you look at the second verse here, when we think of serving, we must see it in relationship with our worship of God. 
The reason we serve is as important, hear me when I say this, as the person we serve. I say that again. The reason we serve is as important as the person we serve. And as we serve or consider serving, we must ask ourselves some questions. A few questions that I thought about is, number one, why am I serving? You look at these scriptures here that we looked at, right? You're wondering, you're, you're wondering yourself right now. I'm pretty sure you are because as I look at them, you're seeing this in the beginning. It says, do not lay up your treasure. You lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what does that have to do with serving? What I want you to understand is that this is about our perspective. This is about why am I doing what I am doing? And when he's talking here, of course, I don't want, I don't want to um, um, you know, use the scripture out of context. He is talking for sure about the way we deal with finances. There's no question about that. The way that we deal with our treasure, right? The way that we deal with those things that are valuable to us. He's talking about that. There's no question about that. But what I want you to realize is that he's asking a question here. He's like, what are you doing? What, what are you, where are you putting treasure at? Why is it that you are doing the things you're doing with your treasure? Is, is it because you're storing up treasure for here? Or is it because you're storing up treasure in heaven? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? So when it comes to serving, it's the same kind of question, right? And so he goes on, he says that. But then the second question is, what does my serving reflect? Look at the, look at the second verses here, verse 22 to 23. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so again, he's talking about what? He's talking about our perception. He's saying if you're looking at stuff with the wrong eyes, then you're saying, hey, you know, this is the thing that I'm after. This is the thing that is motivating me. This is the thing that is moving me. And if that is the wrong motivation, then what he's saying is there's darkness in your heart. He's saying there's the wrong motivation inside of you. So we have to think about what does it reflect when you, when you serve or when you're thinking about serving, what does your serving reflect? Does it reflect the fact that you want to honor and glorify God or is it a different reflection? Does it show something different? And the last question that I, that I have you ask is this, is the last one that we're going to look at here, is who is the master of your service? I love the way he closes this portion in dealing with our greed and dealing with our motivation for financial things. He closes it with this in verse 24. He says, no one can serve. Say serve. serve. No one can serve two masters. There is a master to all of your service. There's a scripture that I want you to look at, and they're going to put it up here. It's Romans chapter 1 and verse 25. In this particular verse, it speaks of fallen men. And, and when you look at Romans chapter 1, it talks about, you know, fallen men. It talks about those who have given in to, to their sinful desires, their sinful nature. And what it, what it talks about is it talks about worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator them worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. Now, the reason why I want you to see this is because I want you to notice what happens here. And this is in your outline there in the third paragraph. But worship and service are brought together. Because what you need to realize is that when it's speaking of serving here, it is, it is talking, it used, it used the word serving in a holistic or in a broad sense. And it's not just talking about serving in a capacity. It's talking about serving in all of life. And so what I want you to get, and this is where I want to drive home in this message, is that serving, our serving, is not just something that we do, but it has to be something that comes from who we are. Are you hearing me? 
This is the big idea. The big idea here is our service and worship, it, our, our service is worship and must be connected to who we are, not just what we do. I'll say that again. Our service is worship and must be connected to who we are, not just what we do. It's not just the things that we do is where we serve. Serving is, it has to be part of who I am. See, because when we look at this worship thing, here's, and, and this is the, in, in your last paragraph here, we must realize that we all worship something. Did you hear me? Every one of us, everyone in this room, you worship something. Just because you sang songs today about Jesus, and, I, and I, this may be a little bit sensitive and offensive, but just because you sang songs about Jesus and supposedly to Jesus doesn't mean you're a worshiper of Jesus. I need you to get that. Because we all worship. We were created with that propensity, with that thing inside of us to worship. And worship is connected with the way that we live. And we're serving a master. We are either serving God or we're serving the enemy. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. Listen, what I want you to know is if you're serving yourself, guess who you're serving? The enemy. There's only two fathers. There's only two. There's one, the father of all creation, which is God of all. But here's the thing. You either are, are God's child walking with him because you repented of sin and you're walking with him, or you're a child of the devil. It's just a reality. And that's why Jesus died. Amen? He died so that way we could be children of God, so that way we could experience relationship with him, so that way that broken relationship that separates us from God because of our sin, we're able to be restored into a relationship with him. And so our service is worship and must be connected to who we are, not just what we do. And so the first thing I want you to repeat after me is this. Say, serving, serving. should be joyful worship. Serving should be joyful worship. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Romans. Now, this, this is the foundation that we've laid here. It is that no one can serve two masters. Understand that. It says no one. It didn't say some people can. It says no one can serve two masters, right? And so we're talking about serving our life as a lifestyle of service unto God. Now look at Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, I remember I said Romans chapter 1, we looked at that verse there, and it talks about, the, you know, fallen man. And so Paul, he goes through the apostle Paul in the book of Romans. He's the author, and he goes through all of these things that have happened, justification by faith. He talks about us not being able to boast in our works. He talks about all of these things. And then in Romans chapter 7, verse 1, when you got to say so, it says, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if... While her husband lives, she marries another. She will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also listen to this. Now, he gives this analogy. He paints this picture. And he's showing us something. He's, he's talking to them about the, their, their bondage to the law. He's talking about as long as that husband is alive, right, then there is bondage to this law. You're bound to the law. But Paul, the apostle Paul here, he is trying to show them their liberty. He's trying to show them their freedom. He's trying to show them what has happened, right? So he goes on, he makes this picture, and then he says this in verse 4. He says, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. 
that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. And so he's showing them that Jesus has died, has liberated them from their bondage to the law, so that way they can now do what? Put their faith and their trust in him. Verse 5 says, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. And so God wants us to bear fruit to him, but when we are in the flesh and we are not walking for Christ living for God, then what do we do? We bear fruit to death. And verse 6 says this. It says, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Serving should be joyful worship. The Apostle Paul reminds his readers of the liberty they have received from the condemnation of God's judgment through the death of Jesus in which they die and are no longer bound to the law but liberated into a relationship with a new husband. No longer are they married to the law. See, here's the thing. When we, when we go through the gospel... What happens is we talk about this weekly, right? We talk about how we are all born into sin. We talk about how we all sin by our own will and our own desires, right? And it's because we're, we're, we're bound to another, we're, we're bound to this other thing, this sinful nature that is under condemnation because of the law. And what the law does is it points to us continuously showing us that we are sinful, showing us that we are sinners, showing us that we deserve judgment, showing us that we deserve condemnation, showing us that we are enemies of God, showing us that if we have not put our faith in Jesus that there are issues that are irreconcilable issues that I can never do what the law requires and that's what Paul is trying to liberate these Romans as he's writing to them from the understanding that listen you cannot do anything to please God to the degree that you're going to be his friend and you guys are going to be cool but he says, but one died for you, and that's Jesus Christ. He comes, and he absorbs the wrath of God. He absorbs the penalty of our sin, and he does what? He dies. And when he dies, he buries, he buries all that condemnation. He rises again, the scripture says, for our justification. This is the reason why I say that serving should be joyful worship. Because you know what? I don't serve because I have to. I serve because I'm grateful. I don't serve because someone says, you have to do stuff, you've got to do this, you have to do... See, that's what the law said. The law said you have to do this, you have to wake up, do this sacrifice, you have to do that sacrifice, you have to give this... That's what the law said. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, listen, I came to fulfill the law. I came to die in your place, so no longer are you in bondage to the law, but you have been set free to fulfill the law. Are you hearing me? You have been set free to obey me, but you do it joyfully. See, here's the thing. Some, some Christians, listen, we are just miserable. Are you here? We're just miserable. There's no joy in our service. There's no excitement in our service. And listen, I want you to know, and I'm going to say this again later on, but here's the thing. Serving is hard. Hello. Serving is difficult, right? And sometimes, I mean, there are some days that serving feels amazing. It, it just is what it is. Some days, like, man, I'm so glad I'm in this. And there are other days, probably more than the ones that you feel great, so you're like, man, this is rough, man. You know, like people get on my nerves. I mean, I don't feel like getting up. You, you know how many Sundays I want to call in, glory to God? Not because I wanted to quit. I was just tired. Hello. I'm like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm going to call someone up. Ozzy, can you preach, glory to God? That's what I'm going to do next Sunday. I'm just calling someone up. Be like, hey, I'm going to need you to preach this Sunday. Y'all be like, Bishop, no. I'm, <coughs> I'm feeling under the weather, Bishop. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll be ready with that sermon. I'm just kidding. But, but, but ultimately... 
There are moments, right? I mean, there's times that, that you know, serving is difficult. But there should be joy in our service. You know, I, I, I love as we're in worship today and we're, and we're, and we're participating in communion. And, and, you know, as I'm standing here, I see, you know, I hear Sister Marisol as she's there. And she's just rejoicing in the sacrifice of Jesus. And you know why that's so encouraging to me? It's encouraging, number one, because I see that, you know, she takes the exhortation that Pastor Chad gives, which don't let communion be some just religious ritual that we do. Oh, well, we know that that's part of the service. And No, no, no. But it's because what I, when, I, when I hear that, what I'm hearing is I'm hearing a heart that is overflowing with the joy of that refreshed revelation of what Jesus did. That, that, that refreshed understanding that, man, he died so I could be married to him, so I could be in relationship to him, so I could serve him. Now, look at the scripture use the word serve here. I want you to keep hearing that. The word of God talks, talks about us serving, not in a department in the church, not in a place in the culture, serving as a lifestyle, serving as who we are so we can serve him in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the law, so we can serve him in that reality. That's what we should be doing. And so the result of our freedom from the dominion, the condemnation, and the judgment the law brings is an ability to serve God joyfully. Now let me say this. Serving shouldn't be grueling alone hello and I said this a couple weeks ago I was I was um, we, we were I was talking I was talking about serving and I was saying you know some people serve for the wrong reasons right I said you know some people they just serve because of the gratification of serving in other words they're not serving to glorify Jesus necessarily they're serving because there is some joy there is some payoff when you do something good for those you don't know um, I have, a, I have a brother, you know, he's, he's, he's not from my mother, he's from my father, and I think he's like 35 years old or something like that, and I met him like 25 years ago, and, um, and, and he found me on Facebook, and you know, we reconnected and stuff like that, and he is, he is not a Christian, um, so y'all pray for him, his name is, is Rafael Angel Quinones, um, he got my dad's name, so I'm just a little bit upset about that, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But I always bust my dad's chops. I'm like, what's up, man? I'm like, he's like, anyway, I ain't even going to get into that. Like, he was, he was the third, all right? You, could, um, you couldn't hook a brother up? You know, I'm like, but anyway, anyway. I was, I'm a little bitter about that. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. But anyway, I've been delivered from that. But, but nonetheless, pray for him, right? Pray for him. Um, and pray for me, too, as you pray. But uh, as, I, as I'm talking to him, you know, we're having a conversation and, you know, you know reconnected. And as, as we're on the phone, you know, he obviously, you know, he saw pictures and stuff like that. He knows I'm a preacher. And, and, and you know, so we're discussing this. And, um, and he's like, you know, I believe in God, you know. And he was, like, kind of tiptoeing around. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to shove the gospel down his throat right now. I'm just like, all right, bro, you believe in God. We're good. So, um, He's telling me this, like the next day or day or two later, he, you know, he texts me and he's like, man, I just did something good for someone. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> and I was like, bro, you're a heathen. I'm just kidding. I didn't, I did, I did, I did not think that. I did, I did not think that at all. I was just like, you know, case in point, right? I'm like, it feels good when you do something good for someone, right? Like <laughs> you do something good, you help someone out, like that should feel good. Like there's some days that helping people doesn't feel good. It's a pain, but you know, most of the time, Right? When you do something good for someone, especially someone who's in need, it should feel good, right? My point is this, and what, what, what I wrote down here, because we were in our connect, and um, I, was, I was lovingly corrected in our connect, just so you know, I do get corrected. Um, and so in connect, you know, they were, they were like, yeah, but you know, there should be some joy in serving. And I said, absolutely. I said, I never said there shouldn't be joy in serving. This is what I said. It should be joyful. Serving should be joyful, should be helpful, and it should be hopeful, which is what we're going to talk about today. Joy being, um, serving being joyful, being helpful, and hopeful. The issue is when your deepest satisfaction is the gratification of serving, not the glorification of serving Jesus. Did you hear that? 
The, deep, the deeper issue is not that, listen, it should feel good. When you connect with your, with your purpose that God has created you for, and you start to serve in that capacity. Listen, it should feel, when I preach, it feels good. Why do you think I talk for so long? Because I hate it? I hate preaching. I'm just, no. It's because there's joy in preaching, right? I enjoy preaching because that's what God has gifted me to do. You know, we had a, a music ministry get together the other day, um, yesterday, and, you know, the musicians are sitting down there, and, you know, Brother Eric and, you know, Ozzy and, you know, these guys, you know, they're all there. And these guys, now let me tell you something. These are some talented dudes. Like, these guys play by ear. Like, I don't play by ear. I can hear when stuff is wrong, but I can't fix it, right? Like, I need to chart, I need to chart or something. I'm like, yo, help me out. I'm like, what, what chord is that, you know? But these guys, they're sitting down there and they start jamming and you know I think Eric's like man I can do this all day you know why because that's their thing that's what God has created them to do and so when they get into that place it's like yo we could just keep going and going and going why because there's joy in that here's the problem and I'll talk to them like this not to them but just in general the problem is when there's only joy in what they're doing and not the one they're glorifying See, the issue is that, because here's what happens. There's going to be days, and listen, I've been, I did this for like nine years, glory to God, right? There's going to be days that you're not gelling. There's going to be days that people come with funny attitudes. There's going to be days that someone missed a sign. There's going to be a day someone forgot to give a sign. Hello. I'm talking about music over here, right? Y'all, what are you talking about? I'm talking about music, right? And when those things happen, it creates frustration. And here's the thing. If you have the wrong mindset, you want to quit that stuff. Be like, man, forget these people. They, they're not at my level. <laughs> Why these people don't practice? Hello. They don't know their song. You know? and, and there's all kind of thing that goes up inside us. I know because I've sat there and repented. <laughs> like these heathens. I'm not just kidding. I'm, just joking. I'm joking. I am joking. But, but I, I have repented plenty of times before I've gotten from that. Well, from here to here, I've had like communion with the Lord. I'm like, Father. Forgive me for everything inside of my heart that has been wrong because I want to glorify you. But here is what happens when we have the wrong mindset. When we have the wrong mindset, when we get to those moments when things get grueling, when things get tough, when things get hard, you know what we will do? We will throw in the towel. We will say, I need a break. We will, we, we, we will say, I can't do this anymore. We will say, no, nah, I, I, I'm not called to do that because it was hard. Can I tell you something? The Garden of Gethsemane shows us what we're supposed to do when things get tough. It shows us that we are supposed to come before our God with tears, with weeping, ready to quit the same way Jesus did to his father and say, Lord, if there's another way, Lord, if there's another person, if there's someone else who could do this job, not my will, your will. That's what we're supposed to do. And can I tell you something? To let you know this, you may not like this, but if you read, I think it's the Gospel of Luke, you know what it says? <laughs> it says that angels were sent to minister to Jesus, not to liberate him from his destiny. And so what I'm telling you is, when you cry those cries to God, you know what he does? He ministers to you, to strengthen you, to keep on doing what you're called to do, in most cases. There's other times he'd be like, let me just bring someone else because you, you know, you're a heathen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Second thing I want you to repeat after me is this. Say, serving, serving. should be helpful yeah. worship. worship. Serving should be helpful worship. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. They're going to pull this, this one up here, and you can stay in the book of Romans. But Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 is the apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the, to the church of Galatia. 
and he is telling them about their liberty in Christ, and he's telling them not to use their liberty in Christ to sin, but to serve one another through love. That's what he communicates to them. He's telling them to serve one another. He's saying, serve one another through love. Serve one another through the gifts that I've given you. Don't use your liberty to do your own things, but serve one another. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Now look at Romans chapter 12. Let's turn over here really quickly. This is a reference in the last outline that I gave you when I preached on serving the last time. But Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And it says this, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And reasonable service is also your act of worship, right? So when, when the Apostle Paul is speaking here, what he's doing is he's bringing the idea of the Old Testament sacrifices, where in the Old Testament animals were sacrificed, and the New Testament we are living sacrifices, Right? So we offer ourselves as sacrifices before the Lord. In verse 2 he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And he goes on to say this, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And verse 6 says this, Having then gifts differing, to, um, di differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, let us use them. Right? Now, I just want to pause for a moment. He's telling us not to sit on your gifts. He's telling you, recognize your gifts. Don't just sit there and act like you haven't been gifted. You have been gifted. And say, you haven't been gifted just so you can know, hey, I'm gifted. No, it's not that way. It is so that way you can utilize the gifts that God has given you for the benefit of the body of Christ. Because he just went through what? He went through each of us has been given something. He's talking about all of us have this different place that, you know, God has gifted us and he's placed us as members within the body so we can serve. And so he goes and he says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy... Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so notice what he says here. He's communicating. He's saying, listen, if you've been gifted in this place, serve in this place. Are you hearing me? If you've been gifted in this area, serve in this area. And if you've been gifted in this area, do it with the right heart. Do it with the right attitude, right? And so it should be helpful because when I, when I am doing what God has called me to do, then you know what I do? I am helping you more than if I'm doing somebody else's job. Are you hearing me? It's important for us to recognize where it is that God has gifted us, where it is that he has gifted us so we can serve. So in Galatians, Paul tells us to use our liberty in Christ for the purpose of serving others in love. In Romans 12, we are called to live sacrificial lives of worship, in part serving each other based upon our gifts. And so part of our sacrifice of worship unto God is when we embrace the gifts that he's given us and we employ them for his service. That's the way that we, that's part of the way that we 
worship. Because remember, serving God is not just about a thing that we do in one particular setting, but it is who we are in the totality as the servants of the Most High God, right? So all of our life is a service unto the Lord, but he gives us these things and calls us to serve. And so serving is sacrifice. Hear me when I say this now. I'm sorry. Our gifts based, our gift-based service is worship when it is done humbly. What did he say in the beginning there in verse 3? He says, for I say through the grace given to me, everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. In other words, that's a nice way of saying don't be prideful. It's a nice way of saying humble yourself. That's a long way around it. But the way that we serve with our gifts is done, it's service, is worship, is that it's done humbly with the correct attitude and when it is done faithfully based upon our gifts. Now, one thing that I said this before, and I just want to say this again, is don't ever, don't ever, we have, we have a bad thing. This is something bad that we do, okay? And I, think in, and I don't think there's ever a setting that it's a good setting to do this, and I'll just say it like that. But we should not... Compare ourselves to others. Are you hearing me? You cannot compare yourself to others. Now, you may look at someone and aspire to some things like them, but do not compare yourself to others because what happens is not everyone is gifted the same way. And some of us want to be gifted. Some of us get inspired when the worship team is up here. And we are sitting in this congregation, and we feel like we are opera singers, glory to God. We feel like, yo, I am hitting them notes with them. I am with them, glory to God. I mean, they, they make you feel like, yo, I can get it, boy, amen. But then when you're by yourself, <clears throat> those notes didn't sound the same way as they did Sunday morning. But you can look at that and think, well, I'm not gifted. No, you are not gifted to sing. That does not mean you are not gifted. Right? And, there, and listen, there, and, and you can give voice lessons and all that stuff, but I, I just want you to know that there are some people that are gifted to sing. No matter how many voice lessons you get, it may not help. So this is what I'm saying. Don't waste the money. Come on Sunday morning. Be a rock star Sunday morning. All right? Just, I mean, just belt it out for Jesus, right? It's covered under the blood and the, and the sound that is flowing through the place, right? It's all good. In the shower, hey, let, let it rip, glory to God. The acoustics in there are going to help you out. And, and you know, and, and wherever anyone else would tolerate it, right, just let it, let it happen. And, and let me say this. Jesus wants to hear you sing no matter what it sounds like to everyone else. Are you hearing me? I, I want you to know that. All right? Don't think, like, I can't sing. Because there's some people like, I can't sing, so I'm not singing in church because I don't want to mess someone else's praise up. Listen, just let the Lord use you, amen, amen, to worship him. That's what he wants. Just do that, right? Lift up your voice. You know, be the choir, glory to God. But here's what I want you to understand. Though you may not be gifted in that area, you may be gifted somewhere else. And because you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're not seeing where God has gifted you. And therefore, you think I can't serve, but there are plenty of other areas in which you can serve. It may not be the area you want to serve, but God has put something inside of you so that way you can serve. And it is up to you to seek him to find out where it is that he wants you to serve. Amen? Amen. Listen, to serve, <clears throat> um, we, we must realize God has placed gifts in each of us to serve his greater purpose and to minister to the, to the needs of others. I'll say that again. We must realize God has placed gifts in each of us to serve his greater purpose 
and minister to the needs of others. Everyone in this place is gifted. The third thing that I ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, serving should be, serving should be hopeful, worship. hopeful worship. Serving should be hopeful worship. And so serving should be joyful. It should be helpful, right? It should be something that brings satisfaction to your heart. It should be something that helps other people. But it should also be something that is hopeful. Because in the tough moments, it's that hope that's going to keep you serving. Are you here? Turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. The book of Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 to 25. I want you to see what this says. <clears throat> you got to say so? And it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Amen. All the women said amen. Half the women are laughing. They're like, ah, oh, glory to God. Like, Bishop, what does it have to do with serving? This is holistic service. Amen. This is, this, is all, this is all of our life. Our life is service. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. All the men said, amen. amen. See, see, the men got your back, ladies. I don't know why y'all laughing. Why y'all in the flesh, ladies, today. That's all. That's all. Uh-huh. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Children said, amen. The kids are rebellious. And to pray for them children being rebellious up in here. Glory to God. Children, obey. I, I, I already read that one. My bad. My bad. <laughs> children, obey your parents in all things. Glory to God. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Fathers, say amen. amen. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Now look at this. This is what I want you to see. And the reason why Paul is going through all of this is he's obviously talking about the things that we do, the way that we're supposed to live. He's giving this brief synopsis, breaking this down. This is how we're supposed to live in relationship. Husbands and wives and children and parents and in and, 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 and this case, bond servants in our case, employees and employers, right? So he's, he's saying, look, this is how we're supposed to live. But look what he says here in verse 23 he says you should this should be like your memory verse for the year i'm just giving it to you right now and whatever say whatever, whatever. and whatever you do so if you're a wife and you're submitting if you're a husband and you're loving if you're a child and you're obeying if you're a parent and you're raising your children in the right things if you're a servant and you're obeying and, and whatever you do do it heartily as to the lord and not to men and he goes on, he says this, there's a comma, not a period. He says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. I want, you to, I want, I want that to sink in, because notice what Paul says here. He doesn't say, listen, serve because it feels good. He doesn't say, wives, submit because you always want to. He doesn't say, husbands, love because you always know how. He doesn't say children obey because it's always fair. Hello, somebody. I know some of y'all young people saying that it's not fair. And I'm sure your parents told you who said life is fair. And as you get older, no one's going to tell you life's not fair. They're just going to be unfair. So you'll appreciate your parents at least acknowledging the fact that, you know, you said that. 
It doesn't tell parents to parent in a way because it always feels good. It's just not true. Sometimes it's hard. A lot of times it's difficult. Sometimes we don't understand. But he says, listen, whatever you do, do it heartily. In other words, do it with all of your heart. Do it with all of your soul. Do it with everything that is within you as unto God and not unto men. In other words, I am not doing this for my parents. I'm not doing this for my husband. I'm not doing this for my wife. I'm not doing this for my children. I'm not doing this for my employee. I'm not doing this for a paycheck. I am doing this all for the glory and the honor of God. But look what he says. He says, because you will be rewarded. Are you hearing me? He wants you to be excited about that reward, right? For some of you, you're excited when payday comes. For others of you, you're depressed. I'm sorry. But even though you're depressed, you're still happy that you got a paycheck. Amen. But the truth is, what it is, is that it's work for reward. That's what it is. You're working, and that's the reward that is here. And so the reality is God doesn't want us to work without looking forward to reward. For some reason, we think like that's, oh, that's selfish and that's it. No, no, no. That's what the Bible tells us. Jesus, Jesus tells us what? He talks about us storing up what? Our treasure in heaven. In other words, he's saying you can't take it with you, but you can send it before you. Amen. You can't. When you die, it's all going to stay behind with someone else. But you can send it ahead. You can store up treasure in heaven. He's talking about this eternal reward. He wants us to serve with a hopeful heart. See, because I said this, I said I would say this again, so I will. Serving is sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Sacrifice is painful. Amen? Amen? And pain is usually not welcome. Hello, somebody. Let me see a show of hands real quick. We'll do a quick poll. How many of you would like welcome pain? Like you like pain? My grandmother told me today my mother broke her toe. Yeah, all y'all heard, y'all just felt that. Like you felt, you weren't even there. You just felt something in your foot. You were like, oh, like. Nobody welcomes that kind of pain, especially at 3 o'clock in the morning when it's dark. And you're like, well, I don't know how it happened, but I just know like when you're walking and, you know, in, in a room and you think you know where everything is and suddenly you realize you forgot that wall was there oh. or you forgot that table was there and you like just, I mean, full force, you just like walking, boom. Mm -hmm. No one welcomes that kind of pain, right? No one, no one welcomes pain. Like, we don't welcome pain unless we see something beyond that pain. Amen. That's it. Unless you see something beyond that pain. Y'all know the saying, no pain, no gain. What you talking about? You talking about working out? Hello, somebody. Right? If it don't hurt, I'm always, I'm always, but, you know, in our connect group, they talk about working out sometimes because we talk about that once in a while. And, you know, some of the ladies in there are talking about, yeah, well, I work out, but I don't sweat. I'm like, you ain't working out. <laughs> you ain't working out. I'm sorry. like, yeah, but I see results. You ain't working out. You ain't working out. I don't care what you say. You ain't working out. I mean, but I'm just, you know, whatever. I'm, that's just me. That's just me. Some of the ladies will argue with me, and that's fine. But here's the thing. The only reason why you're going to sweat, the only reason why you're going to put yourself in that pain, hello, is because you want to see something because you know you saw that model or whatever, and you're like, well, I can look like that if I do this. Well, they're lifting that, so I should lift that. They're doing that, I should do that, because if I want to look like them, because there's some hope in that, and then you feel the pain, you're like, forget that. <laughs> Listen, the truth is we don't welcome pain unless we see that there is something beyond where we are. Unless we see, you know what, there's something on the other side of this service. And so here's the thing. Our service is not only supposed to be motivated by what Jesus did on the cross, but what Jesus promises us in eternity.
See, when we serve, we're not serving for just here. And I want to say something. There's nothing wrong for getting paid for your service. I mean, all of us get paid for our service if you have a job. You know, you're serving in some capacity in your work. So there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says that the worker is worthy of his wages. But there is something that you need to understand. Your service should always be greater than your paycheck. Did you hear me? Your service should always be greater than your paycheck. The way that we serve should always be greater than anything that we get in this earth. To serve with an assurance and expectation of being rewarded is not selfish. It's what Jesus taught us to do. It is what the Apostle Paul did and taught. And it is the only way that we will continue to serve faithfully. I just want you to look at these scriptures really quickly. They're going to pull these up. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. And this, I want you to hear the Apostle Paul as he communicates. He's at the end of his life. And he says this. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. He's again pointing out his life as a sacrifice. And the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, he's about to die. And he says, and I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And do not, and, and not to me only, but also to, to all who have loved his appearing. So what is he saying here? He's, he's saying, listen, he said, there is this crown of righteousness that is laid up for me and is laid up for every one of you as long as you're hoping in his return. He's saying, look, man, I've lived my life. I fought this good fight. I'm ready to go to be with the Lord. He said, and I'm, I'm excited about that because I'm looking forward to being rewarded. I'm looking forward to experiencing the goodness of, of God that he has promised me in eternity. I've, I've laid it all out. Remember I talked about going to heaven on empty, right? He, he does that here. And the last verse is Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> chapter 16 through 18. <clears throat> And it says this, it says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Look what he says here. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The su I love that. The sufferings of this present time are not, are, are not to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us. And so what, what do we see the Apostle Paul communicating? He's saying, look, he said, your, your service is worship, and it should be hopeful. You're not doing this. Listen, it may be painful now, but there's going to be a day that the pain is going to be all gone. It may be discouraging at moments, but there's going to be a day that it's never going to be discouraging because you're going to be there before God, and for eternity, you're going to experience his joy, his pleasure, his presence, and that's what we should be living for. And so my closing questions are these. Have you viewed serving as worship? The first thing I want you to think about is have you viewed service as worship, something that you are doing unto God? Is it something that you're doing unto the Lord? Is it something that you realize, man, this is something that is unto God, not just unto men? And the second thing is, have you accepted your call to serve? Now, the first one is, do you recognize that serving is part of what God has called you to do? 
That's the first one. Did you realize serving is part of worship, right? It's part of the sacrifice that you're called to be. And the second one is, have you accepted the, the, the call that God has given you to serve? That everyone in this place, listen, we've been, we've been hammering this for the last four weeks. And I, and I try to hammer it in week after week after week, even in, you know, if I'm not preaching on serving necessarily. But to help you understand, look, you have been called by God to serve in his body, to do something for his glory. And have you, have you stepped up to do that? I can't, we present the gospel weekly, but Jesus died to free us so we could serve him boldly, so we could serve him radically, so we could serve him sacrificially. He calls us into his service for his glory, and he promises us that we will be rewarded if we live a life of service. If we live a life for his glory, we live a life for his service, he promises us that he is going to reward us. And so here's what I want you to think about. If you're not serving and you want to respond to the Lord and begin to serve, God's grace is sufficient. He hears you. He sees where you're at. If you're not serving, you say, man, God, I want to serve. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to serve, but I want to serve. If you're not serving at the level you should be and you want to step up, God's grace is sufficient. He encourages you to step up. He encourages you to step into that place. And if you stop serving for whatever reason and want to get back into serving, his grace is sufficient. You said, man, I, I just can't serve. Whatever it is, he's, he wants you to step up and serve. And if you need strength to continue serving, God's grace is sufficient for you as well. See, so there's a lot of different people in here. Maybe you're not serving. You want to step up. Maybe you're not serving at the level that you know you should be serving. Maybe you're not. You're just like, man, I'm done serving. And you realize, look, man, listen, here's the thing. You can't be a Christian if you're not going to serve. Not a faithful one. If you're not going to be, if, if you're not going to serve, you cannot be a faithful Christian. And listen, serving is not when you want it. It's when he wants you to serve. Remember what I said. Who is the master of your service? Is it you that dictates to God when you're going to serve? Or do you allow God to dictate when you're going to serve? See, when we look at the scripture, like we looked at the ones that, you know, we looked at wives submit. That's not, a, that, that's, not, that, that's not an optional thing, right? That's an imperative. It's wives submit. When it says husband love, right, that's an imperative. It means you love. That's what we do. It's not when I want to love. It's not like husbands love your wives when you want to. You see how far that's going to get you. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, parents, you know, you can embitter your kids some of the time. No, it's not to do that, right? It's like children obey your parents. It, I, I said it, right? In all things. That's what the scripture said, not what I said. In all things, right? Imperatives that are there. Our service. God, listen. God calls us to serve him according to his will, not ours. So the question is ultimately, are we going to respond to him? And so I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to just be bold today. I'm going to ask you, to, you know, if, if you're in this place, bow your heads, close your eyes where you're at. If you're in this place today and you just know, I mean, like, you know God is calling you to serve. You know that you want to be faithful to that calling. You need strength for prayer. I'm going to ask you to forget about everyone else in this room and just think about you and Jesus. <clears throat> forget about everyone in this room. Would you say in this place, God, I, I, I need your strength. I, I want to serve you. I want to be faithful to you. I want to be faithful. I, I, I don't want to be stuck. I want to, I want to move into your purpose. I want to move into your will. I want, to, I, want to, I want to walk in the fullness. I want to serve you faithfully. 
that's you in this place, I, I, I just want you to acknowledge that the Lord has spoken to you, and I want to pray for you specifically. So I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up right where you're at. That's you in this place. I see the hand. Glory to God. I see the hand. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. You can put those hands down. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you because you are a good God. We thank you because you're a gracious, gracious God. We thank you because you are powerful, you are mighty, and you call us, Lord God, to serve, my God. You call us to serve you faithfully, my Lord. You call us to serve you with all of our hearts, my God. And Father God, I just lift up those who have raised up their hands before you in acknowledgement, God, that they heard your call to them today. Father, I pray for them, my God. I, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would give them the wisdom to know where they're called to serve. That you would give them the capacity, my God, to stand firm, dear Lord, and serve you faithfully. I pray, Lord God, for even those, my Lord, that didn't raise their hands because I know that there's some in here, my God, that they, they couldn't forget that there were other people in the building, my Lord. And Father, they need your strength to serve, my God. Father, they need your ability to continue to, to be steadfast and to move forward my God they need your strength in this my God and so father I pray for them today I pray that you would strengthen their hands that may be weak my God I pray that you would strengthen them in their ability to continue to serve you faithfully my God father we rebuke the lies of the enemy the discouraging plans of the enemy God I pray that you would raise up a people in this place that would serve you with all of their soul with all of their life with everything that is within them my God father may you be glorified may you be glorified in them Jesus may you be glorified in each and every one of the lives of my brothers and sisters my God Father I pray for those in this place that are serving but I thank you for each and every one of them I thank you for where they serve today I thank you for where they have given themselves to serve in your body and Lord, I just pray over them that you would continue to give them the right burden, my God. I pray that you would continue to give them the right perspective. I pray that you would continue to give them the, the grace to serve faithfully, my God. Pray that you would just strengthen them, God. That you have your way. In Jesus' great name, we thank you for this, God. Come on and give God a hand and praise his word.